Hi, this is Liz Tinkham, and welcome to season two of Third Act, a podcast about people embracing the third act of their lives with a new sense of purpose and direction. The third act begins when your script ends, but your show's not finished. Hello, and welcome to Third Act. On today's episode, I talk with Lauren Lane, the food star. Lauren graduated from Iowa State University with an art major, thinking that the best job she would ever have was working at the makeup counter at the local department store. Yet, she managed to find her way into Hallmark cards, rising up the ranks to eventually lead all of Hallmark's work for Walmart, not back. As a way to have fun, she cooked all weekend, serving friends and family every Saturday night from her home. When she turned 50 and saw that her Hallmark career wasn't as fun as it used to be, she decided to try cooking as a career. It was a huge pivot and may I say a ton of work and you'll hear that, yet it's paid off. Today, she is a social media influencer, blogger, online cook, and local TV star, parlaying her love of cooking into a full-time career. Lauren, Great to have you. Welcome to Third Act. Thank you. Happy to be here. So guess what I had for dinner last night? Tell me. 20-minute sheet pan caprese chicken. Oh my gosh. Is it delicious <laughs> or what? So I was doing research on you for this podcast yesterday, and I was doing it in the late afternoon, and I'm like, oh, we have nothing for dinner. We're out of food. I need to go to the grocery store. And then I opened up your site and A, it is so beautiful. Everyone should look at it at lauren-lane.com. And then I saw that recipe and it was absolutely delicious. So thank I'm you so for making it. glad. That's yeah. the best thing to hear always. I love it. Yeah. So you are a cook, a chef, a teacher, and you're also a social media influencer. What I mean, what does that mean? What is that job? That is just a great question because to be honest, I had no idea what it was until I became one. I thought it was just sort of like young kids in the fashion business posting pictures. That's basically what I thought. And Kim Kardashian, right? Right. Of course. And definitely was not anywhere near what I do, but evidently it's based, it's a marketing tool. It's, it's a social media marketing tool, marketing tool. Most companies now have social media marketing levers and influencers actually create the content they build community, and they're able to influence a decision. So that's kind of it. So it's it's kind of a great deal, I think, for marketing people because you get the content creator and the tool all in one. So who knew? And you get all their followers. So how did you get started in that? Did somebody find you? Well, no, I started kind of the good old-fashioned way. I started just posting something I loved. And I think that's kind of something super important about this way of doing business, you have to love what you do um, because in order to kind of make traction, you need to post daily. You have to post daily. That's just kind of a thing. But um, I was just posting every day what I was eating, what I was cooking. I'd have people want to take my cooking classes. And so I would do little videos to help them after the fact. So really it was about a place for me to let my creativity out. That's basically how it happened. But then my numbers did start jumping when certain when people found me and I started doing things. But yeah. Let's roll back a little bit from cooking. You told me when we were prepping for this that when you got married, you weren't a particularly good cook. I was an awful cook. I couldn't even make my mom's pot roast. She made every single Sunday. I couldn't make it. It was awful. I had so many bad meals, but I just loved cooking. When I was little, I was looking at all the magazines and tearing out the recipes before I was even old enough to cook. And basically I'm a food network, 
um, junkie. Uh, yeah, I'm a Food Network <laughs> cook. It was back in the okay. day when the Food Network actually cooked on the show. You know, chefs would get in and cook. And I probably logged one billion hours there. I've read every cookbook that I could find. And I just cooked, basically. <laughs> Any favorite chefs from that uh, th- those shows? I've always loved Ina Garden because she's about kind of entertaining. I love her vibe and I loved um, Emeril was one of the first ones. And I liked how laid back his approach was to teaching cooking that it doesn't have to be pretentious. And so that's, those are kind of the two that I felt really helped me out, but it's kind of one thing I've learned going on to another career is you can learn to do anything. I mean, you can learn it on TV, you can learn it on YouTube, you can learn it on a podcast, you can learn anything. Yeah, no, that's true. So even backing up even further before you got married and started to learn to cook, you went to Iowa State and you thought you were going to be, I'm kind of backing up to your first act, a fashion designer. You were in Ames, Iowa. I mean, what were you thinking with that? Well, I was a child and I wasn't thinking. I just <laughs> assumed you went to college, got a degree, and that's what you did. Uh, this, you know, This was back in the day. We didn't have counselors that told you what was even real or not real. I mean, I assumed I would go knock on Ralph Lauren's door and get a job. Seriously, I was just so naive. But it it ended up being a great art degree and I had a good time and met my husband. So I guess that's all that. You So you end up as an art major. You move to Kansas City after you get married, which is a home to Hallmark cards. And how did you end up getting you? So you got a job there, which we were able to leverage your art degree. But how did you end up getting a job there and getting started? Right when I moved, I worked on my portfolio. I wanted to be an artist so bad. And I put it in there and I got the big reject. No, like it wasn't even a kind of, it was just like, nope, not interested. And I just wanted to do anything there. Um, Then I got the big fat no, and I was kind of bummed. And so I went to work for another company just as an illustrator, kind of creating some things for them, really tiny company. But during that time, I met a guy that knew a guy in the sales force. And he had um, given him my name and reached out. And it was almost a year to the day that I got the no letter from Hallmark that I ended up getting hired the next day as a sales position at Hallmark, which actually turned out to be great because it led to things later on in life. I didn't really know how important that was going to be, but um, it wasn't the job I wanted. But within a couple of years, I was able to get a job in the art department, not as an artist. I was never good enough to be an artist. Those guys are crazy amazing, but as an art director, which was actually even better for me. So you just never know how things work out. Yeah. And eventually you get, you, you have a wonderful job sort of serving Walmart for Hallmark. Tell us a little bit about that. It was one of those really crazy things. I was doing well, loved my job. I was a creative brand. I was a creative brand, something I was designing creative for the brand. And this woman executive, Carolyn Davis, lover still to this day, she recognized that I had a talent in sales and marketing and creative. And she went to um, the vice presidents and is like, why do we have these jobs separated when we have a person, Lauren, that could do both? Why don't we create that job for her, for Walmart, test it out? Because Walmart, you know, they're really big on fewer people, the better in meetings and things like that. And so um, they did. And I became the first one that did creative and brand strategy in that company and ended up going on and doing the Walmart team for years and years and loved it. Really did. During this time, so you're watching the Food Network, you're cooking with Ina, you're cooking with Emerald. When do you start 
sort of cooking for others or, you know, started breaking out a little bit? Well, it's probably about, I mean, I was always cooking a little bit and we were kind of the couple that always had the people over. And then when we first got a house that it started there a little bit, not a lot, but it probably wasn't until about 15 years ago when we built a house that had a, a, my dream kitchen in it, I'd say. And um, you just couldn't get me out of it. I was just spent hours and hours in here and everybody just knew to come over to our house on Saturday night. I was going to just cook a big meal and we were going to sit around the table. And for me, that's the whole impetus of cooking, just sitting around the table for hours with wine and your friends and laughing. And so that's what we did. I agree. So when and why did you end up leaving Hallmark? We were reorganizing a lot. You know, it was a time when I wasn't, I didn't have a staff and then I had a huge staff and then I didn't have this job. And then I had this job plus this job. And so there was a lot of things like that going on. But then also we had some management shifts and the gentleman that became my manager, I just, we really, I didn't respect him or, or how he treated people. And so I really had a hard time going to work with that. And I just decided I hit my um, 50th birthday and I was like, there's got to be more. This cannot be the end of my life, you know, this, I mean, especially ending on a kind of a note that I, you know, had this great career and then I hated every minute of it. So it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what am I going to do? And so on my 50th birthday and uh, my 25th year there, I decided I just went in and said, I quit. And it was the best day ever. <laughs> it was the best day ever. I think that's true. I, it's unfortunate that that happens to people. I mean, I know so many people and certainly in my career, I got to points at Accenture where I'm like, I'm done. And then yeah. fortunately something changed, but I totally understand that. But now you've got the cooking, but mm-hmm. even you, you were telling me though, after you retired from Hallmark, you, you did a year of saying yes. So what, right. did, what did that mean? So, and what kinds of experiences did you have? Well, I just read it somewhere about like just saying yes. And and I've always had kind of a different story, but I had anxiety issues and I've always kind of been a timid soul. And so it was a big deal for me to say yes. And that ended up opening so many doors. I can't even tell you, but one of the things was, you know, somebody asked me to teach them a cooking class. And so I said, yes, you know, and then someone else asked me to teach them a cooking class. And I said, yes. And then someone asked me to do a dinner party for them for their anniversary. And it was all friends basically. And one thing left to another. And then this friend of mine said, you should do this more broadly, Lauren. I mean, you could do that. And then once I also, uh, I did something, oh, I went to Europe on a whim with a girlfriend and noticed that people were having these boutique dinners and dinners in their home. And I just thought it was such an interesting concept. And when I came back, I was like, she said that. And I was like, well, maybe I should do that. You know, why, why not me? And so I went out on a limb and and tried to do something like that. (laughs) And you said you wrote a Facebook post. Well, Okay. So then I wrote this beautiful invitation and I put it on Facebook. This it was is like for a, strangers to come to your house. Strangers right? or, okay. or people that weren't in my immediate circle. Anybody. Okay. It could have been anybody. Right. Um, and so I invited him to a cooking class and I was like, there's going to be 10 spots. Would love to have you. And I sat on that post for a couple of days. I would not push <laughs> said, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, what are they going to say? No one's going to want to come. It's so weird. And so I pushed send and I was right. It was just cricket. Like even my friends didn't even comment on it thinking that they were going to have to come or something. I don't know. They was just like, it was just crickets. But then, you know, about a few days later, some people just signed, signed up randomly. A couple people I had known kind of on the fringe and um, a couple people I didn't know, but 
that's basically how it started. I just opened it up and, and that led to actually my first real job as an influencer, to be honest. It was kind of a crazy story. As you think back on that year of saying yes, do you recommend doing that? Because we have a lot of people who are like listening to this going, I'm about to retire. And, and I've heard people say, say no, say yes. I did a year of yes. And then I kind of pruned it back. So I think it's a good idea. What did you think? I think it's a great idea. I think if you are a little bit timid, maybe the yes is good for you. And maybe if you overcommit to things, maybe the no is good for you. I, I don't know the right answer. But for me, it was a great decision because I believe wholeheartedly in the power of things coming to you for certain reasons. And you can block them out so many times, but you know, pretty soon you're going to have to open yourself up to some of these things, I think. You Facebook post, come to cooking class. Was it at your house? Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So you have your random strangers come. And was that uh, who came and how did, was it that when the food critic came? That was, that was not that one. The, it was the one right after that. So I did it. So right after that one, it was a great experience. So I posted another one and I'm looking, and this was a dinner. This was just people, strangers coming to my house for dinner. I was just, wait, gonna wait I got to ask you a question. Uh-huh. What did your husband think of that? Was he like, Lauren, why are we having strangers over for dinner? Or was he totally into it? He's the most extroverted guy in the world. He's like, whatever, you know, he's, he's, he loved it. He thought, I mean, I think he thinks I'm a little bit crazy, but he's just as crazy. So it works out, I guess. And so this next one was just a dinner, which was even weirder, you know, 10 people sitting around my farm table that have never met coming to my door. And it was about an hour before people were coming. And I decided to Google who these people were because in case they're stranger danger or something. And the last one I Google is like the biggest food critic in Kansas City that writes for the Feast magazine in Kansas City. And I literally just lost it. I thought I was going to die. I was going to cancel it. I just couldn't deal with it. And my husband was like, nope, you got us into it. You're doing it. This is what's happening. And I was like, okay. So I had a couple glasses of wine and went on about my business. And And was it a he or a she? It was a she, and she was super quiet and pretty serious. And her name is Jenny Figueres. She's the nicest human. And I was totally intimidated by her. But afterwards, she just grabbed my arm and pulled me down to the chair. And she just said, I want you to know this was just a delight. This was just, and I got goosebumps and I almost started crying. I couldn't believe it. And we started chatting. And she said, do you mind if I give your name to someone who's looking for the face of this Italian company brand? It's in Kansas City. And I think you'd be perfect for it. She's been looking for a couple of years and I just think you'd be awesome for it. I'm like, well, I'm not going back to corporate America, but sure, pass my name along. I'm happy to have coffee or whatever. And that led to my first really big contract. So, Which was, is this the Servasi contract? Yeah, this was Servasi where I was hired to be their brand ambassador. So that's also something that's different about influencer marketing. You can work for free product, you can do sponsored posts, or you can um, be a brand ambassador. And so with this job, I was the face of, so I would represent them during my cooking classes and my pop-up dinners. I would create all the content for their social media. I would do all their photography, which A, I never knew how to take photos until... I said, I'm going to learn to take photos that year. So that was good. And so it was, it was great. I loved it. I created recipes for them every week. I created videos for them. And it really pushed me to be a stronger creator because I was held accountable for the content and posting it all the time and for the analytics to really get my numbers up and get the engagement up. And, and they were paying you to do this, right? So this is 
yes, they were paying me a lot to do this. I would not. Yeah. And they, and eventually they even offered me a full-time job in their marketing department this past winter, this past holiday. I didn't do that and then ended up not getting my contract renewed, but it, it's still all, it was a great experience. Three years, I learned so much about digital marketing. So I can't be, yeah. So you were a brand ambassador and then using your social media and the influence you had there from your building brand to do, uh, combining it. Right. Influencer marketing is kind of up under a brand ambassador. It can be so. Oh, interesting. If I'm listening and I've got a passion, you know, either I'm a chef or I've got, I mean, I don't know, flying lessons or something. How would you advise people to, if they're interested in doing something Mm -hmm. like this, how would you advise them to get started? Or what to think about? Well, first of all, it can be anything. There are, there is, you have to find a niche. It has to be something you love. That's number one. And I can't emphasize enough how much you have to love it because you will be researching and creating content all day, every day to post every day because you'll never, well, I won't say ever. It's pretty hard to get the algorithms to love you if you don't post every day. So that's number one. But it can be anything. I know people like influencers that are big data influencers, copywriters, parenting, Disney, like it can be anything. So I don't think anybody should stray away, but I do think it has to be something. And I love this quote. Somebody said, it has to be something that you do that you forget to eat and sleep doing. Like you have to love doing it that much. Wow. So you, uh, you were posting something for Servasi every single day. I, not just necessary for them because I uh, also working for other companies now I'm yeah. hiring too. I'm working for Sprouts. I'm working for Kraft. I'm working for other local companies. So, so you're creating recipes, you're photographing food, you're making videos. Yeah. How many, is it pretty much of a full-time job doing all this? It is for me just because I just feel like I love it so much. I would probably be doing it anyway. And the other thing about it is if you have clients to be a good influencer, it has to be authentic. It has to be like you're talking to your girlfriend about this pasta you love. It can't be addish. That's kind of the benefit of it. And so I had to sprinkle in all of my own content in between all of this other content too. That was purely just in, in my content. If you want to be a social media, anything on social media, besides having a niche, you really have to understand that the way to be successful is every day you have to post something that either educates, entertains, or informs your ideal person. Those are the three things. As I mentioned earlier, which is where I found the recipe, you have a beautiful website that has Mm -hmm. recipes and a lot of interesting... Did did that start before or during all this? Because... And you must be loading content to that daily as well. I started the website about six months, I think, before I left Hallmark. I think I was just at, I was kind of mentally checked out at that point and decided I was, I needed a place to be creative. So it really, when I, or maybe it was a year before, I really was not happy with my job for about a year and a half, really not happy. And so I poured all my free time into cooking, documenting what I was cooking, building the website from scratch. I don't, I'm an art major, you know, I didn't know how to build a website, but I did that learning photography, how to edit photography. So yeah, that all started about a year and a half or so before. I just have to ask, what do you do with all the food you make for all this? Do you and your husband eat it? No, 
we don't because I don't want to eat it, you know, after picking at it and cooking it and shooting it. Cause food styling is a whole nother thing. I'm going to, it's a whole nother thing. Some of the stuff you put on food, you don't want to eat afterwards and all of that. But for the most part, I say about 80% of it, I give to my friends. So ah, got it. Okay. Well, <laughs> It must be good to be your friend. Let me just yeah. <laughs> looking well, at your food. Now, you've you've also got other things going. So in this realm of being a foodie and a food star, you're on TV in the morning or is it tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so that okay, in that year of doing yes, some things happened. So I got tapped to do a um to be a chef on, I'm not a chef, I'm a cook, but to be a cook on the Taste of Kansas City, I was the only non-professionally trained chef to be there. And I said yes to that. Crazy. I can't believe I did because that was nerve wracking, but I did it. And that, that really helped me with my social media and some of my street cred, I guess. I also got tapped for something else. I got, oh, somebody wrote an article about the best one of the top 10 meals they had in Kansas City, another food right, no, another chef wrote that article for a magazine. So that really helped my street cred. Then the news ended up calling me Fox 4. I had done some other local news, but they were kind of real small channels that, and I didn't see a lot of benefit in for the amount of work it took, even though everybody said you should do it, you should do it. But I did end up saying, you know, that's not my thing. But Fox 4 called and said, we'd love to have you. And I was like, no. And she's like, we're different. And I'm like, okay. So I started doing them once a month and that has really helped my numbers. I do in a morning, two or three, two or three recipes. And I just love it. It's so fun. Now through COVID, I've been doing it out of my house doing wow. Zoom or Skype, but it has really helped me. Are you cooking live on the show? Yes. yes. So you said, you said before we started, you just started, what did you make this morning? This morning, I did a 20-minute lemon chicken recipe, and I did stuffed burgers that were to oh, die no. for. Yeah. They were so good. I love the live. It's it's so nerve-wracking. It makes me almost sick every time I do it because I always <laughs> have technical difficulties, always. Yeah. But I figure maybe it's just getting me ready for when I get my own show, you know? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Working for so for, uh, if anybody knows, if anybody's a producer, Lauren is looking <laughs> to have her own show, I think She'd be fabulous. As you've gone through this with the pandemic, what else has changed in terms of your thinking of how you're going to take your food career? Well, at first, I didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of things, but I was trying to go live on Instagram often because uh, a lot of people were at home and I thought that would give me some new visibility. And another thing about Instagram, you can choose any platform, by the way. You can be an influencer on any platform. Usually you pick one or two and I picked Instagram and Facebook, but most platforms love for you to use their tools, their new tools. And if you do, then you get kind of rewarded for that in the algorithms. And that's a whole nother thing. If you get on these platforms, you have to research what they want, you know, because it's, it's not, you know, they are a business. They want content that's going to spread. They don't want, they don't care about you really, you know, so I learned a lot about that, but I, so I started going live and that helped a lot. And that gave me some confidence just to do more live work. And then um, the next thing that happened, I guess, was when Servasi offered me that full-time job and I didn't take it, they actually didn't renew my other contract. So I don't know if they were hiring a full-time person and somebody else. I'm not sure. I don't know the story. 
but it freed up a lot of time. And, and so now I'm developing an online course that I hope to sell through Instagram that will be modules. It'll be a community. It'll be uh, me going live with them and in a Facebook community where we keep up. So I'm really excited about teaching kind of beginner cooks, fundamentals, and just creating kind of a fun way to do that. Oh, that sounds super cool. And and when you get that going, let us know. We'll, we'll post it on all of our sites as well. Awesome. So I um, thought about calling my podcast, I'm Not Done Yet. Mm-hmm. So what aren't you done with yet? I am not done learning. I can tell you, I didn't even know. If you would have told me when I walked out of Com- Hallmark that I was going to learn how to create and edit videos, that I was going to learn how to be a photographer, that I was going to learn how to bake bread. I mean, cause I'm not a baker, but I just never would have believed you. So I just can't imagine. I just want to learn so much and I'm not done learning. I'm not done traveling and I'm not done trying to be more still and taking it all in and being joyful, I guess. What a wonderful story. I love the fact that you've made this, I mean, this is complete pivot, right? From <laughs> Walmart, Bentonville, Hallmark to broadcasting on channel four in the morning. It's a great story. So thank you very much for joining us on third act. You can find Lauren on Instagram at Lauren Lane culinary or her website, Lauren lane.com. And we will publish that in our show notes anywhere else. Facebook Lauren lane culinarian. And then yeah, Instagram Lauren lane culinarian. Yeah. And is there any way to watch these TV appearances? Um, some of them are on my website, lauren-lane.com. And I will be posting more and more of those on once I get a little bit of time, but some of them are on there. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, we'll post those too. So thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you. I appreciate your time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me today to listen to the third act podcast. You can find show notes, guest bios, and more at thirdactpodcast.com. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and write a review on your favorite podcast platform. I'm your host, Liz Tinkham. I'll be back next week with another guest who's found new meaning and fulfillment in the third act of their life.